So we're not talking about grace today. <laughs> I know that's what you are waiting for. <laughs> okay, part three. <laughs> Philippians chapter number three, verse seven. Philippians chapter number three, verse seven. Yeah, there say glory. Glory. Only three people said it. So I'm waiting for everyone to be there. Then there are those with no Bibles. <laughs> I don't know how you come to church without a Bible. And, and somewhere to write down notes. Philippians 3 verse 7. If you are there, say glory. Glory. Wonderful. So Philippians 3 7. The Bible says, But what things were gained to me? But maybe let's say as, as a way of, of, uh, of helping you with context. The Apostle Paul in, in Philippians, firstly, um, the book of Philippians was written when the Apostle Paul was in prison. All right? He was uh, jailed for preaching the message of Jesus, for preaching the message of Christ. So he was put in prison. So he was writing to the church in, in the Philippines. And then one of the things I think he began to write in Philippians chapter number, number three, he was advocating that we should not put our confidence in the flesh. But then he began to explain to say, if there was anyone really who had the ability to put their confidence or even to boast about their, the things in the flesh, it was him. Because he boasted the fact that, look, he was, he was a Jew, a Hebrew among Hebrews. You understand, right? That's what he says. He, I'm a Hebrew among Hebrews. He says, when it comes um, to the law, I'm a Pharisee. You know, he bragged about it. That means he knew the law. <laughs> You understand it? Eh? Yes, from the tribe of Benjamin. He said about all those things. He bragged about all those things from verse 1 to somewhere, somewhere to verse 6. He bragged about all those things. He says <laughs> in verse 6, I love it. He says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. <laughs> Have you seen that? In other words, I was zealous enough. So he, he didn't even, he wasn't lacking in zeal. <laughs> he persecuted the church. Then <laughs> he says, concerning righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. <laughs> Have you seen that? So he says, what, if righteousness was going to the law, this guy was blameless, what are you saying? I had no faults in the eyes of the law. <laughs> Interesting, eh? Yeah. So he was, he was bragging about all those things. But he says in verse 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. <laughs> all these things that I've, I can boast of, I have counted them lost for the sake of Christ. That's a very powerful statement. And then it goes on to say, Yes, indeed, I also counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of, of, of Christ Jesus my Lord. All things. He counted all things lost. Follow me. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. In other words, I've lost everything for him. <laughs> Do you have the same testimony? <laughs> the apostles one time said, uh, told Jesus, said, we've left all and followed you. <laughs> one time I heard Bishop Edipo said, there are some who've, who've not left anything and yet they expect to follow him. <laughs> so, um, verse, when, verse what? Eight? Verse 8, eh? 
So he says, let me read, let me start again from verse 6. He says, Yet indeed I count, I also counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and counted them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. <laughs> Interesting. And then it goes on to say, verse 9. And be found in him, meaning in Christ, right? Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through, through faith in Christ, the righteousness uh, which is from God by faith. Verse 10 is our focus. It says, that I may know him. Now, I want you to think about it. Everything the apostle Paul did, because remember, when he was writing this, he was at the end of his life. Everything the Apostle Paul did for Jesus. This man raised the dead. This man healed the sick. This over half of the New Testament was written by Paul. <laughs> he wrote over half of the New Testament. This guy encountered Christ firsthand. He saw Jesus. <laughs> One time he talked about how um, he, he knew a man in Christ, right? <laughs> Who was caught up in the third heavens. When he came to Revelation, this guy, you couldn't challenge him. He had encounters upon encounters. But then at the end of the journey, he was saying that he may know Christ. <laughs> What's there to know if you've experienced it all? I'm, I'm posing something to you. What's there to know about this Jesus? If this, if this guy, you see, maybe we've not even experienced half of what he's experienced. Maybe we've not even walked in, even just 1% of what he walked in. But how is he saying that he may know Christ? Yet, the believer who's not even experienced anything claims to know him. Follow me. Says that I may know him. One verse 10, right? <laughs> and the power of his resurrection. Oh, that's powerful. Now, a question I'm posing to you. Do you actually know him? This man called Jesus. Do you actually know him? So imagine after everything Paul did, after everything he encountered, at the end of the journey, he's simply telling the church that he wants to know Christ. I think that poses a lot of questions. Number one, or maybe not questions, but maybe a few things that you have to think about. It's not about how long you've been in the faith. You can be a Christian for 20 years and still be a babe. It's not even about there's some things that I'll get, on, I'll get to later on. It's not even about how much you serve because the Apostle Paul was serving. The Apostle Paul was doing everything. So it's not about the works you do. The works you do are important. I've taught this before. They're, they're, they're important. But then the knowledge of God is far more important than any other knowledge you can attain in this world. All other knowledge is able, can cause you to perish, but the knowledge of God can never lead you to death. 
Oh, how well have you known this Jesus? If someone told you to explain Jesus to you, how well can you actually explain this Jesus? Or would it just be theory? I don't know if you're following. How well can you explain? If someone, not, not to talk about him, but to simply, are you able to introduce someone to Jesus? Because you can never introduce a man to someone you've never met. <laughs> someone you don't know. <laughs> How are you introducing them? That means you just tell them, you see, if you don't know me as Pastor KB, you can just know about me. But there are people who actually know me. They'll say, I'm going to introduce you to Pastor. They know me. Mm-hmm. You understand, right? And as they, they know what I don't like. So they'll tell you to be mindful when you're with Pastor. Don't do this. Or you can do this. Because they know me. You understand, right? Yes. But then, if you've just heard things about me, you will just come with your, excite, your excitement. And you may be shocked about what you may what you may encounter. I may be nice. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but generally, when you get to know someone, you will know what they like. You will know how they think. You understand, right? Yes. That's why when you know someone, you even know if someone is just doing mongulu, you will you, be embarrassed on you. Like, why did I bring this one here? <laughs> they may think they are doing everything, everything right, eh? <laughs> but then when they are embarrassing themselves. <laughs> so, it's not about how long you've been in the faith. It's about the knowledge of God that you have. Because remember, even last week I explained, so the knowledge of God is what multiplies grace. That means if you want grace to multiply in any, in any area in your life, you have to get the knowledge of God. It's something God taught me quite early. Like any area of your life where you want, even if it looks, even if it looks too physical, as long as it requires grace, the knowledge of God is sufficient to multiply grace in that area. <laughs> and when you get to know Jesus... The results of knowing him are evident. I always tell people, encountering Jesus is like falling from a building. You see, it will be, no, no one will have to explain it. You, you, it will be obvious. <laughs> you understand, right? It's, it's, it's evident. That's why sometimes when I see how people, some people live and they tell me they've met Jesus, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's not Jesus then. Maybe, maybe it's Jesus from China or somewhere. I don't know. But it's not the Jesus in the Bible. Because once you encounter him, there is, there, there, there is a difference. That there's something that every person can tell. There's something different about this one. Because you can't meet him and remain the same. Paul met him and changed forever. Yes. No man in the scriptures ever met Jesus and remained the same. It's not possible. We have too many proofs to, to, to show in the scriptures. Too many. A tax collector being turned into an apostle. Because of encountering one man. A woman with five husbands has a conversation with this man for a few minutes. She wins the whole city to Jesus. Just a small conversation with him. No, this Jesus we tell you about, this Jesus that you ought to desire to know, he will change your life forever. You will not be an ordinary student. And we're not talking about grades. We're talking about the, person, the quality of your personality. Yes. The quality of life you get to live. Yes. 
Because when you talk about you being a student, you're thinking about me A plus. Jesus will bring me. But 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 the quality of life you're living is not it's not up to part what Jesus came, came to introduce. Because he says, I have come that you may have life. Didn't you have life be, before you received him? Weren't you already born of your mother and your father? What life was it did he come to give you? So this Jesus we tell you about, he is, <laughs> he's not like any man you've ever met. Sometimes when people take photos with certain people, they will talk about how they are in the presence of greatness, but he's beyond greatness. <laughs> no, he's, he's the one who makes people great. <laughs> he's beyond that. You can't even boast that I was the presence of greatness with him. <laughs> It's, it's beyond that. Tell your neighbor, you have to know Jesus. Yes. You can't hide the effects of knowing Jesus. No, you can't. It, it will be obvious. It will be obvious. Praise God. It will be obvious that this one has made Jesus. And that's why you don't have to, when you've encountered the Lord, you don't even have to go about it telling everyone about your encounters. <laughs> no, your life will show. <laughs> it will show that there's a difference in this one and that one. So today we'll talk about the effect of, of the knowledge of God. There are several, but I'll just talk about three or two or three today. The effects of knowing Jesus, the effects of the knowledge of him, whatever you want to call it. Whatever is easier or simpler. <laughs> so, there are effects of actually knowing him. There are consequences to knowing Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. A person can be in a certain condition, you can taste when he's from the hospital. <laughs> right? You can taste when he's from the hospital. Why? There are effects of where the person is from. You can tell this one. Mm -mm. You understand it? Yeah. I don't know about you, but even when, this is me, even when you go to the bank, you can tell it's from withdrawing money, from leaving money there. <laughs> you can tell. If, you, if you've been there quite often, you can tell. But people change how they work. The moment they're just coming out, you can tell from getting money. <laughs> there are effects of you being there. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Just like if we are from an exam room, you can tell from someone's face how the exam was sometimes. There are some people who have nothing to smile about after the exam. <laughs> nothing. They'll come out, they're just upset. That lecture doesn't like us. And then the others are happy after the exam, eh? <laughs> Very excited. Because they, they know. So all those are effects of where you have been. Or what you've encountered in a particular place. So, the number one effect of actually knowing him is you actually get to know what life is. The number one effect of knowing Jesus, of the knowledge of Jesus, 
is actually getting to know what life is. Now, generally, you get to know life. See, life is taught through experience. Life is taught. You get to know how to live by watching others live. That's how you learn how to live, by watching others. Everything that you've learned in life, you learned it from someone. Trust me, there's nothing you came up with. <laughs> nothing you came up with. Everything you learned. There are some things, of course, you can add on. But you don't start from scratch. Because <laughs> even the Bible tells there's nothing new under the sun. One time I was explaining to people, so even your destiny, someone, someone has lived it. The difference is that it's you this time. Every, see, everything you want to be... Look, if you're if you in this place and you aspire to be a banker, there's someone who's already achieved that. Right? Yes. They're living your dream, eh? <laughs> <laughs> everything. If you're in this place and you aspire to be a billionaire, there are a lot of billionaires in this world. Too many. So someone is living your dream as we speak. So, I mean, there's no, there, there's no new destiny. God just put it in different hands and you account for your part. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. So what you bring to the table is simply whether you improve it or you are consistent or you live below par. That's all. So everything you aspire to be, that's not someone who's lived that life. So it means if you fail, you can't even blame God because someone succeeded. <laughs> No, someone succeeded in what you desire to be. Someone, succeeded. someone became prosperous in the same conditions you are in. Mm. Now think about it. Mm. So you get to know life by watching others live. You understand that? When I was meditating on this, the Spirit of God told me something. One of the reasons why Jesus had to come is so that he can teach men how God lives. Because you only get to know life through watching another person live. <laughs> there was no example of the God kind of life until Jesus came. To show people that it's possible to live in this, li in this life. I want you to think about it. How is it possible that a man was able to dominate the world so much that when he was done, <laughs> he didn't even go by death. He just ascended. <laughs> One time I was explaining to someone, do you know, we, know, we all know Enoch, right? You know Enoch? How did Enoch go? <laughs> How did Bible scholars, eh? <laughs> Future pastors, eh? <laughs> How did Enoch go? <laughs> the Lord took him. Now, did Enoch have anything to do with him going? Or it was God's sovereignty? <laughs> it's a simple question. Did Enoch have anything to do with him? Did he have a part to play? Or God took him? That's by, by, by his own sovereignty. Many people work with God. He isn't the only one. Even you are working with him. 
Did he? I'm not receiving answers. <laughs> You're saying it's God's sovereignty. What does Hebrews say? By faith. That means without faith. So Enoch had to have faith. It was Enoch's faith that took him. <laughs> it wasn't merely God's sovereignty. God's power was there. But Enoch's faith had to be at work. Oh, that's a story for another day. About what faith can do to a man. Wow. <laughs> or what a man can do with faith. <laughs> it says by faith. <laughs> God himself recognizes it, it was actually their faith that they got this. It says by faith the elders obtained a good report. Mm. And then he began to tell them what they, what they, what they actually did. Do you know that without Enoch, you wouldn't even have Hebrews 11 verse 6, which says you can't please God without faith? Because we're talking about Enoch. Maybe let's read it. So that you understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about faith today. But maybe so that you understand what I'm talking about. Hebrews chapter number uh, chapter number 11 verse 4. Hebrews 11 verse, verse 4. Fear there, say glory. Let's, let's read it together. We, 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 are, we are studying the Bible together today. <laughs> I've diverted a little. But we'll go back, eh? To, to knowing him, you get to know life, eh? So it says, Hebrews 11, verse 4, right? It says, uh, let's, read, let's read verse 5, actually. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Mm-hmm. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who So, both verse 5 and 6 talk about Enoch. <laughs> Interesting, eh? <laughs> it says, by faith. <laughs> by, we'll talk about faith properly. We'll talk about it properly. We're meeting online this week. Yes. So we'll see how we can talk about it a little. <laughs> Just a little. So I said, um, on this portion of, of, on this point, we read John chapter number 11, verse 25. John 11, verse 25. John 11, 25. This is Jesus talking. John 11, 25. John chapter number 11, verse 25. Are we there? John 11, 25. The Bible says, Jesus said to her, <laughs> talking to Martha, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Ooh, that's powerful. Because remember, Jesus at this point was late for Lazarus' you know, healing. Lazarus had died. You <laughs> understand, right? They needed a healing. Jesus came late. So now, the miracle changed from a healing to a resurrection. So Martha told Jesus, says, I know one day he will rise again on the resurrection. So Martha was talking about a day, not knowing that that day was a person. Because remember, the previous chapter says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
Jesus said to I am the resurrection Martha <laughs> why are you waiting for a day when I'm here in other words remember Jesus maybe let me explain to, let me explain to you so that you start to understand how, how, how Jesus thought in this moment all right God lives in eternity God has no time let me explain it in God's calendar he does not have 2023 that's for people he lives in eternity it's human beings who are governed by time so Jesus was not talking from a perspective of, of your humanity in that moment because Martha was waiting for the future Jesus he's omnipresent everywhere in the past, in the present, in the future, he's there. So he was able to bring what was going to come later into the now. Anyway. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Not just resurrection, but life as well. <laughs> Meaning it's not just enough to, to, to rise from the dead. You have to live after. And then he says, he who believes in me, though he may die. <laughs> That's as powerful. He who believe, have you believed in him? You're not answering. I don't know if there are people who are believing in Jesus in this moment. Have you believed in him? Yes, Says he that believes in, in me, though he may die, he shall live. In this moment, he was not talking about a future promise. He was talking about Lazarus. So look, though this guy is dead. Anyway, let's not get into it. And then he says, "He who, and, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never... Look at what he says. No, let's read it together. What does verse 26 say? One, two, three, go. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe that? <laughs> he asked the question, do you believe this? No, read it again. So that, you know, maybe this may shake your, doc, your doctrine. You who believes that there's a time for everything, time to die, time. Read, read again there. What does it say, verse 26? Anyway, there are a lot of theories that people have. One theory I don't believe in is this thing being subjected to death. Do you know that there is no scripture? Let me let me tell you like this. Do you know that there is no scripture? Where the Bible talks about God taking anyone and use death. Do you know that? There is no scripture. Not even one. Every time God took a man in the Bible, he went alive. I know it has been disturbed the doctrine a little bit. <laughs> there is no scripture in the Bible where the Bible says God took someone and used death. Do you know why? Because death is an instrument of Satan. God will never use the tool that Satan has to take his people. Now, do you know you may ask, why is it still there? There's, there's, the Bible talks about the law of sin and death. That means as long as sin is in this world, there's, there's actually a thing called death. But it says, but he has set us free from the law of sin and death. That's another topic altogether. Because even in the Old Testament, people are raptured. New Testament, Jesus was raptured. When the apostle Paul was about to go by death, he decided 
That's what the Bible records. Since I don't know whether to leave or to go. For your sake, I will leave. <laughs> Peter, same thing. He decided. It was a decision. Let's go. He went. Mm-hmm. When you read the New Testament. But anyway, we're talking about something else. <laughs> Am I teaching some hard things today? <laughs> You've exalted death in your eyes, that's why. You've exalted it. You've exalted it. So Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That means there is no life outside him. That means you get to know how to live through, through watching his life. You get to know how to live the God life through watching his life. Praise God. When you look at um, John chapter number 14, verse 6, John 14, verse 6 says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know that scripture, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I've explained, I've, I've taught on this, there's, there's a sermon on the podcast. This means when you get to know Jesus, number one, you've known the way. You've known the way. The way to what? The way to God. The way to do things the God way. The way to, li- to live life. You've known the truth. That means you can't, you can't be lied to by this world. Once you get to know him, you can't be lied to by this world. And then he actually says, he's the life. That means when you get to know him, you've encountered life. A person can have an encounter with this thing called life. You see, there is the human life and there's the God life. The God life is different from what human beings have. I don't know if you're following. I feel like only two people are with me today. <laughs> Maybe I should turn it down. <laughs> for some things that for leaders, eh? <laughs> Until you are ready. <laughs> it is well. <laughs> it is well, eh? Yes. So we'll go step by step. If we get there, we get there. If we get there, we get there. So you can't know, you can't know life without knowing Jesus. You have to know Jesus if you're going to have, and if you're going to know life, if you're going to know how to live, you have to actually know uh, this man called Jesus. It's the effect. You get to know how to live. How do you respond in this thing called life? Because remember, even how you respond to circumstances here, you've seen someone maybe respond in that, in, in that way. Or maybe you've learned how to respond in a particular way, but you've seen someone respond better and you want to become like that. You understand, right? So generally, there's a way that we are trained, conditioned, taught by people in how to do particular things. But Jesus came to give us an example of how to live. He came to give us an example. How to, for example, Jesus never thought luck. It wasn't a mentality he had. It wasn't possible in his world. It wasn't possible for him to lack. He needed something. If it wasn't there, he would create it. Oh, wow. You didn't hear that. <laughs> It wasn't possible. Imagine reading about Jesus being carried on an ambulance or something. How would we even believe in this, in this, in this master? The man lived in divine health. There was no testimony that no, Jesus was suffering from migraines. <laughs> he needed the seniors to... <laughs> there, was, there was no such testimony. He came to show us it's possible to live a certain way. You can live like that even in this present world. <laughs> One time Jesus needed to pay tax. 
He needed money to pay tax. What did he do? Tell them go to the river. Eh? Get fish. Once you, the first fish you catch, just open its mouth. Get money and go pay tax. That's that what he did. Some of you look like a surprise. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> he defied all the odds of the motivational speakers. Eh? Mm. Everything you've been told by me. <laughs> he just defied it. Like the man that was just living in his own world. Eh? Mm. He had his own way of thinking, his own way of doing things. <laughs> oh Lord. Due to time, let's proceed. <laughs> The apostles, when you get to read their lives, when you get to notice something about the apostles, one thing that is, was evident, when they heard Peter talk, the Bible records that they, they could perceive that this man, these men had been with Jesus. In other words, there was an effect of knowing Jesus. They knew that, oh, okay, look. How, did this, how can this guy speak boldly like this? Do you know what made Jesus different from the Pharisees? Jesus spoke as one with authority. He didn't speak as just, just a teacher of the law like every other teacher that, that ever existed. No, he spoke as one with authority. When he spoke, everything obeyed. It, it went in the, in the direction of his words. When, the, when they noticed how Peter and John were, were preaching, how they spoke, their boldness, they knew this one. They can only be disciples of one man, that's Jesus. They couldn't trust him from anyone else but Jesus because of the impact that Jesus makes on, on someone's life. It was evident. And when you get to notice something, these guys received life because he told them, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. And they became dispensers of life. They began to give out life. Such as I have, I give to you. Someone had dead legs. Such as I have, I give to you. And all of a sudden, life came in those legs. One time, the Apostle Paul touched so much when someone fell from a meeting, died. The Apostle Paul brought them back to life and continued to teach. Like nothing happened. Continued. The Bible records one time the Apostle Paul was teaching and, and the snake beat him, he shook it off, threw it on the fire, continued to teach. Nothing like taking milk afterwards. <laughs> Nothing of that nature. Why? The life was different than the current. Oh, yes. They knew they received something greater. They knew that what they had was not what other human beings had. They knew that the life of God could not be affected or infected by anything. It's superior to the human life. Yes. Now, what have you received? This Jesus you believed, this, see, we came to show, he came to show you that you can experience that life of God, even in this world. The apostles lived it. People like Peter were ordinary fishermen. <laughs> ordinary fishermen. People like John were just teenagers. Young men. He got them, taught them the word of God. And before you know it, those guys were walking in the supernatural like no man's business. The things they saw. The things they experience. <laughs> no, this Jesus we, 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 we teach you, he's not just theory. When you get to know him, you get to know life. You will know how to live. You will know how to behave. You, you understand, right? You will know how to respond to circumstances. You will know, in this moment, this is how I ought to respond. Don't live like you used to live. You see, if, if your life has not changed, from the time you met Jesus, you still live the same way. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've not even given your life to him. If it's still the same. Mm -hmm. hmm? You, 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 are, you are born again. I'm a girlfriend, but that. <laughs> Boyfriends, too. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> we don't know the Jesus you encountered. When they made life in a banners, they mean in that way. 
Wow. <laughs> Understand it? Yes. You get to live your life for him. And you get to know how, how you will know that what I've received is not is not ordinary. Praise God. Let's let's move. The second thing you get to know when when you get to know him is your identity. Your identity. Your identity. No believer can know themselves outside Christ. Any knowledge you have of yourself outside him is false. Me, I'm just short tempered. Who told you? No, who told you that you have a short temper? No, Pastor, I feel it. I get angry easily. Me, me, I snap. <laughs> You're just in the flesh. You're just, you just haven't learned to suppress your flesh. You're in the, that's, that, that, that's why you're like that. <laughs> me, I lose control. No, you don't lose control. You're just in the flesh. Control yourself. So the Bible talks about self-control. Because anyone's emotions can erupt. <laughs> Nothing special about yours. Anyone's emotions can erupt. You understand, right? And so you have self-control. You control yourself. <laughs> One time I was telling someone to say, look, um, there are people who are in prison now simply because they couldn't manage their anger for two minutes. Today. <laughs> because they just couldn't manage it. Eh? You just get upset anyhow. You're upset to just hit someone, whatever is close to you. Because you're just short-tempered. People will understand. You calm down eventually. <laughs> we'll send you to prison. <laughs> Praise God. No, just con- t- tell your neighbor, control yourself. <laughs> Look at them. Tell them, control yourself. Yes. No, pastor, they just don't understand me. They don't have to. No one owes you understanding in this world. No, no one knows you. Look at your neighbor. No one knows you understanding. understanding. (laughs) They don't understand me. (laughs) They don't have to understand you. They only have to just live with you. Be at peace with all men. Whether whether they are funny, be at peace with all men. That's what the Bible says, right? No, Pastor, the gospel of me, be at peace with all men. Pastor, you don't know what they did. Be at peace with all men. That's what the Bible says. Pastor, but. They are not bad. Be at peace with all men. That means you should be at peace. Doesn't matter what someone does. You are at peace. You are just at peace. You understand, right? Yes. Jesus was being crucified and he was praying for the people who crucified him. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they are doing. Now, what manner of a person is like is that? Maybe we told someone is the father when I come down. <laughs> when I come down. <laughs> yes. When they're about to arrest him, Peter was there, took out a knife. Cut someone's ear. Jesus, it wasn't necessary. Killed the person. Say, look, if I need the help, I would have called the legion of angels. In other words, I didn't need you in this moment. Your zeal was unnecessary. (laughs) No, do you know why? Because Jesus knew, even if they got knives and wanted to stab him, they couldn't. He knew they couldn't. So Peter is the one who was living in the flesh in that moment. 
So Peter responded in the first time he was rebuked. And Jesus went there and he was the same person who was about to arrest him. And he said, okay, now take me. <laughs> and took him. <laughs> now what sort of a man is that? <laughs> but like I said, if it was someone else, eh? yes. I have disciples. Show what they've done to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, let me get in the scriptures. I have so much. I have so many things to say. <laughs> Your identity. Yeah. When you read Colossians chapter number three, verse three. Colossians three verse three. The Bible says, "For you died. Mm. <laughs> For you died." Now, let me explain what this means firstly. That's a powerful portion of scripture. <laughs> the Bible talks about laws, right? The laws of Moses and everything else. There are certain laws that the Lord put in place to govern people. You understand, right? So, <laughs> when a person is dead, the law does not apply to them. if you understand. When a person is dead, the law doesn't apply to them. In other words, the laws put don't apply to dead people. You Even in the natural, you can't take a dead man to court. <laughs> you understand, right? Yes. You can't. Because the law doesn't apply to dead people. You are dead, the law doesn't apply to you. So when he says, for you died, You died to the flesh. Yes. Died to the systems of this world. Died to the works of the enemy. In other words, the plans of the enemy, I am dead to them. They don't apply, they can apply to everyone else. We're not, we're, we're not denying that they are there. Right. We're just dead men. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You understand, right? We don't, we, 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 we're alive to God only. It says, for you died, so they said. And here you're talking to people who are physically alive. So don't talk about dead people. It's for you died. And then it says, end your life. How is, how is a dead man having life? Seems like a contradiction. It's for you died. End your life. Hallelujah. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. This same life that he came to show you how to live, that one is hidden. Not hidden in Christ, no, with him. In God. You know what that means? The only way you can know the revelation of Christ is going to God. That's the only way you can know the revelation of the man who is in him as well. When you go there, in other words, you get to know your identity when, when you get to know him. The knowledge of God gives you, gives you your true identity. It's in him that you get to know that you are the light of this world. Without that knowledge, you wouldn't even function as the light of this world. 
It's in him that you get to know that you are the salt of this world. It's in him that you get to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's in him that you get to know that you have eternal life now, not in the future. It's in him that you get to know that as he is, so are you in this yes. world. It's in him that you get to know all these divine things. It's in him that you get to know that that, that he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's in him that you get to know all these beautiful things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your identity is found in him. That means you can't be defined outside him. Don't even allow yourself to be defined outside him. If there's anything in you that can be found, in anything in you that can be found in Christ, get it out. That means not permitted in your body. If it can't be found in Christ, it shouldn't be found in you. If it can't be found even with him, it shouldn't be found with you. Are you listening? And then verse 4 says, when Christ, who is our life, appeared. <laughs> that means Christ to himself is our life. He is our life. When Christ, who is our life? <laughs> you died, so it says, for you are dead. Now it says, Christ is actually your life now. <laughs> that means you can't trace me outside him. The third point, due to time. I may continue this next week or I may not. <laughs> I have so much to teach. <laughs> I have so much to teach. <laughs> when you get to know him, you get to know love. Mm. I don't know what you're owing, but... <laughs> <laughs> When you get to know him, you get to know love. Jesus is the definition of love. I told you earlier how he responded in circumstances, right? Yeah, when he was on the cross, he wasn't like, when I, when I get down, I'm the, I'm the Lord of all. You all bend. If Elijah can go down fire, what more me, Lord? <laughs> I will consume them. <laughs> you didn't say that on the cross. Hey, Father, forgive them. You know why? Eh? Because the very person who was nailing him to the cross, he was dying for them too. He wasn't exempt. He didn't go to the first oh Lord, those, those nails were too painful. That one, you know, remo- remove that one from this sacrifice. And that, that unpardonable sin, that one. That. <laughs> he died for everyone. In other words, the way Jesus looks at you is the same way he looks at someone who, even if they never committed any sin in this world, and you even wrote the syllabus <laughs> and completed it, the love he has is the same. When he says no one can separate us from the love of God, he is not referring to just a particular class of people. God loves this one more. You see, the problem with people is that People think when someone has more things, then God loves them more. You think love is defined by what someone has or what someone doesn't have. Love is not about what someone has or what someone doesn't have or what someone or what, what God does for someone. You see, love is not defined that way because human beings generally have perverted love. You understand, right? Yes, perverted love. When you people believe, you see, the, the ultimate gift God ever gave humanity was Jesus. That's the ultimate gift, and he gave it to everyone. Whether they, whether, they are, whether they are Muslim, 
whether whether they even if they're witch, you who prays for them to die, he died for them already. Yes. So I don't even know what they're praying that they should die. What are they dying to? Oh, he loves them. You, even your enemy, the one you don't like, eh? that neighbor, who, who, that friend who even did the first one on you, that same one, the one who swindled you, those same ones. Even the one who called you to scam you from all those scammers, he loves them. those same ones. He died for them. The ones you don't like. I don't like that man. He, he, Jesus loves them. He's passionate about them. If you went in his heart, you, you, maybe you might be upset at how much love he has for them. God is so loving that. Do you know that the reason why Jonah decided to refuse to go is because, because of he, was, he, he knew God's love? The people of Nineveh were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Donna was absolute. I knew if, if, if I had gone, anyway. he was the one with the problem. He knew if they just repent and say, Lord, we are sorry. God was just going to welcome them, welcome. And Donna was upset. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, this guy don't deserve it. <laughs> and sometimes you think like that, eh? Ah, this one died, this one. The, the, one, the one that you think is, is a sin, that's the one that the gifts of the Spirit can manifest even stronger. Mm-hmm. And you'll be amazed. You'll be, you'll be sitting in church, you know, grown up in church. The person is coming even prophesying to you. You! <laughs> we are receiving a prophetic word through you today. <laughs> no, God doesn't look the way man looks. He doesn't. And that's why it's pointless to hate people. Because when you go and pray and you're praying for people, God will place them on your heart. The same one you don't like, you pray, pray for that one. And you're there. <laughs> you're, you're okay praying for everyone else. When there's some, that person now, even, your tongue's even changed. <laughs> no, even pause. No, Lord, no. <laughs> now, God loves them. So when you get to know him, you will get to know the true definition of love. The way God loves, there is no selfishness in his love. Not even a trace of it. Human love has selfishness. It does. It does. That friend who you think loves you unconditionally, if there was an opportunity for them to go somewhere and make money, whether it was them or you, they would pick themselves and leave you behind. <laughs> even you, you, the friend you think about me, I love that my friend. If there was an opportunity, you'd be like, eh, but no, not to those extent. There's a limit. I love you, but there's a limit. <laughs> you understand, eh? Yeah, if there's a job offer, I'm taking it. You're remaining. Even <laughs> 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 your siblings will do that to you. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing my wife's siblings are green. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to our family. <laughs> <laughs> so, you get to know love when you get to know him. When you read First John chapter number four, verse sixteen. First John, as we wake up, four sixteen. First John four sixteen. The Bible says, "And we've known him, Hallelujah, and we've known him, and believe the love of God. We believe, we believe that the love that God has for us is God is love." And he who abides in love abides in God. Remember, God is love. Love is not God. 
the difference. Mm-hmm. God is love. That means he should define how you love others. Learn from if you want to know how to love others, learn from God. You realize how love is tolerant. <laughs> and how the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Eh? Yeah, you realize that some people have to you have to cover for them. Not stupidity, of course. But you have to cover for them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just bear and just hug. Okay, come, come, come. You'll be fine, okay? Yes, sir. <laughs> so God must become your example of love. He must become your example. Because the way human beings love is limited. Are you together? It's limited. So God must become your ultimate example. So when you get to know him, you get to know love. Because you, you'll be amazed at how much, as in God's love has shocked me. There's some people that, ah, for Lord, you love them. Because some people don't look so lovable. They don't even behave like it. They just get to you. And you think they get to Christ the same way. But he's fascinated by them. <laughs> Our last scripture. Because I think I'm, I'm only remaining with three minutes. And we wake up. First John is again. First John chapter number three. Verse 14. <laughs> this is how you know whether we know, this is how we know whether you know him or not. This is the test. First John chapter number three, verse 14. First John 3, verse 14. First John 3, verse 14. First verse 13 says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the Lord hates you. So if the Lord loves you, that's not the problem. But the Bible says, if the Lord hates you, don't marvel. Don't be surprised. But there's some people who are loved by the Lord. Eh? They are loved by the Lord. They claim not to love the Lord, but the Lord just loves them. The Lord just loves you. Like, you and the Lord are just in a relationship. You know? We need legal documents to separate you. No. Verse 14 says, let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. He who does not love his brother abides again. Read it again. <laughs> Read it again. One, two, three, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the Yes. He who does not love his brother abides again. So, is there someone you don't love? <laughs> don't just say that. Is there someone you don't love? Assess in your heart. Not even someone you don't like. Even you must. Even even if someone you don't like, mm-hmm. that's already something. You're on your way there <laughs> to abiding in death. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. <laughs> Pastor, I don't like that one. No, I'm not even saying that what they did was nice to you. <laughs> but the question is, <laughs> the Bible actually says. Uh, he who does not love his brother abides in death. But it says, we know that you've passed from death to life because you love the brethren. In other words, love is the evidence that you're born again. Wow. It's not even tongues. No, 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 it's not even tongues. It's, it's, it's not even how you raise your hands in worship. It's, it's not even how you dance for the Lord. It's not even how you give or how you serve. No, it's not. 
It's not in all those things. It's, it's in how you love. We know, we know that you've actually passed from death to life because what? You love the brethren. Are we together? Yeah. You love the brethren. So how, when we get to see how you love the brethren, so we get to know this, this one is born again. Is there, maybe let me put it this way. Is there someone that you can't pray for? Let me ask you that question. Is there someone that you can pray for? If there's someone you can't pray for, just know that you're hitting them. Be on your feet. <laughs> Is there anyone you can't pray for? <laughs> Tell your neighbor one thing you've learned today. Talk to your neighbor.